I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. These commies are drowning. And they still don't believe in the red wave. It's high noon. For Monday, December 14th, 2020. Follow the podcast on Parlor. at I'm your moderator. But really, the place to follow it is on the Telegram Messenger app t.me slash I'm your moderator. If you haven't figured it out yet, I don't know what to tell you. I feel like I've explained it a whole bunch of times. So there's actually too much going on for me to address all of it in any sort of detail. There's actually too much to even know at this point because the weekend was bonkers and Friday after high noon was pretty crazy. And the shit's still happening. And today is when the electors are sent to their state houses. And that's what's happening. Except it's not happening as it normally happens. And it's not happening the way the media pretended it would happen. And Joe Biden's supposed to speak tonight at 8 p.m. And if he was smart, he would concede. And if he wasn't compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, he would concede, but he's not smart and he is compromised. So he'll probably go and say that he's the president, but he's not. Multiple states have sent Republican electors to cast their votes for Donald Trump. It has already happened in Georgia and Pennsylvania. And I believe I haven't had time to read this because I saw this just before I hit record, but it sounds like they're doing it in Nevada and Arizona is holding a hearing on election integrity today. Their Senate, Jenna Ellis, President Trump's attorney on Rudy's team, is going to Colorado to testify tomorrow in a formal hearing. There is a hell of a lot going on. They have now found that Indiana had votes switched and impossible outcomes. Indiana, deep red state. And this aligns perfectly with what I've been saying since early summer, that Donald Trump would win every place except where there was overwhelming election fraud. We are still there. What happened in Indiana was that the same people supposedly voted for Joe Biden, the Republican governor, and the Democrat House candidate to a level deemed mathematically impossible. Now, this is in Hamilton County, and they also had more people on the voter roll than there were eligible voters in Hamilton County. Now, what this means to me and I would imagine to anyone else who's thinking about this, 
is that the Democrats have tried to pull the same system all over the country wherever they can. And again, this is part of the same theory that they were prepared to cheat in all these places. And this is how they do it. Over time, they cheat their way into enough Democrats in office that they can pass their widespread cheating initiatives, like the one that Stacey Abrams is pulling down in Georgia. Stacey Abrams, by the way, claims that she has 85,000 new registered voters for the runoff election, even though that's not legal, which is great because Stacey Abrams, the walking voter fraud machine, is fucked. And that'll be a fun thing to see watching Stacey Abrams go down. Stacey Abrams, who still refuses to accept the results of her failed election in 2018. And it seems that she failed much the same way that Joe Biden failed. And she just didn't have a big enough voter fraud apparatus to cheat her way over the top against Donald Trump's supported candidate, Brian Kemp, who has turned out to be a traitor himself and completely corrupt and completely compromised by China. So it'll be nice to see Stacey Abrams no longer be the darling of the Democrat Party. And it'll be great to know that we don't have to look at her on the cover of magazines anymore. That'll be wonderful. But so these electors, these GOP electors casting their votes for Trump in protest means that they will be eligible to be counted as Trump electors once all of this gets settled. And that's great. And the fact that they're doing it will show the country once again that these elections are not decided and that Joe Biden is not the president-elect, no matter what he says tonight and no matter how much they censor people. We've already gotten past that, which is, once again, why you need to follow the telegram. I am 100%, without a doubt, deleting my Instagram all of my Instagrams on Friday, okay? People keep asking. They keep saying, well, no, you got to stay. You got to stay in the fight. I'm like, yo, the fight is not on Instagram. Instagram is an app so that Facebook can steal people's information and sell products and pay people to say the things that they want them to say and then silence anybody who says the wrong thing. So that's not where the fight is. It may be a battlefield. It's not a particularly good one. We are better off shifting to other platforms. Everybody always believes that because they see the posts from me or from other people who say things similar to what I say, that their liberal friends who follow me as well will see those posts and that they will change their mind because of it. We have passed that point where this stuff is effective on those people. I mean, maybe the podcast could be effective because there's a different, deeper level of explanation. But they're not going to have their minds changed by my posts or by anyone else's posts. They believe everything the central narrative tells them. So that is not a battlefield where I can continue to gain ground. Okay. 
So the telegram allows you to get my information stream. And that's my priority. Also, Instagram made it clear in their new terms of service, two things. One, that if your account has been disabled at any time, you are no longer eligible to use Instagram. It says it in clear terms. For people who haven't read it, I have read it. This is what it says. It also says, if you are still using Instagram on December 20th, then you agree to their new terms of service. And in those new terms of service, it also says that you waive your right to join a class action lawsuit against them. So by staying on Instagram to keep fighting, I would be not only allowing Instagram to delete my account anytime they want, including the exact moment December 20th starts, and that I would have absolutely no recourse after that, except to potentially join arbitration, which would probably do nothing. Now, I haven't seen before, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure it's happened. I haven't seen it. But I haven't seen a company release their new terms of service and state right at the top of it that if you stay on their platform, you are waiving your right to join a class action lawsuit against them. My assumption is that they are aware that a class action lawsuit is coming their direction. And I do want to be part of that. Okay, man, I didn't mean to talk about any of this shit. But I do want to talk about Andrew Cuomo because Andrew Cuomo is one of the biggest scumbags in the entire world. And on Friday, he released an invite to a fundraiser that is his own personal birthday party, I guess, or at least that's what he's calling it. And he's offering everyone the opportunity to join his virtual birthday party for a small fee. Here's the invite. Please join us for a virtual birthday and holiday reception in support of Governor Andrew M. Cuomo. And there's like a check in the M. I don't know what that means. With special guests, Robert De Niro, Whoopi Goldberg, Rosie Perez, Ben Stiller, and Henry Winkler. Thursday, December 17th, 5.30 p.m., host reception with Governor Cuomo, limited capacity. Host, $10,000. You either write a check or raise that money. Access for one to host reception and flex tickets for main reception. So you get to be on the computer for a half an hour with these people. Wowee zowie. 6 p.m., the main reception. You can... Come on as a friend, which gives you access for six people on the internet for $5,000. A patron for $2,500, which gives you three people on the internet. Or it's $1,000 for just you. Or if you're a young professional or activist, you can simply pay $50. This is crazy. 
What is this fundraiser for exactly? Just give your money to Andrew Cuomo Day, pretending it's his birthday, pretending that those completely (laughs) cocked out celebrities are going to do something interesting. Who in the fuck would actually want to sit down at the computer and listen to those jackasses talk about how good Andrew Cuomo is at his job. And of course, he's not good at his job. He handled the coronavirus worse than every single person in the entire world. Not a joke. He really has the worst numbers anywhere and everywhere. He also closed all the restaurants the other day. So now everybody's fucked. All those small business owners. Because everybody's scared of the flu. But that wasn't all Andrew Cuomo did this weekend. Andrew Cuomo also got accused of sexual harassment by a woman named Lindsay Boylan. She tweeted out that this was her job experience. I could never anticipate what to expect. Would I be grilled on my work, which was very good, or harassed about my looks? Or would it be both in the same conversation? This was the way for years. Many saw it and watched. She tweeted that she has no interest in talking to journalists, and I can't imagine why not, because, of course, she's already getting smeared in the media, even though we're supposed to hashtag believe all women. Unless, of course, they're threatening Andrew Cuomo or Joe Biden or really any other Democrat that they don't want to deal with. Like somehow Al Franken, Al Franken mimicked in a picture grabbing a woman's boobs And got kicked out of the Senate. Did he do it while he was in the Senate? No. He did it while he was on Saturday Night Live. But maybe Liz Lemon thought it was too much. So they had to get rid of him. But they're protecting Biden. And they're going to protect Cuomo. And isn't that odd? Isn't it odd that we are told the biggest problems in the world are semi-competent, middle-aged or older white men in positions of power. We, we got to get rid of them. Whatever we do, we got to get rid of them. So do whatever you can to rid the world of average white men in power. Unless... They are compromised by the CCP. And then you can't get rid of them at all. So we have Joe Biden, who can barely speak or think, who is a literal national security threat, who could not get security clearance for anything right now because it's so obvious that he's a national security threat. And they have emails showing that Joe Biden not only was taking money from the Chinese Communist Party, but that Hunter was setting up an office and needed keys for the office mates, Joe and Jill Biden, and a guy from the Chinese Communist Party. No big deal. Sexual assault claims against Joe Biden by Tara Reid, no big deal. Sexual harassment claims against Andrew Cuomo, no big deal. Andrew Cuomo putting sick people into nursing homes. No big deal. 
Worst COVID numbers in the world? No big deal. Destroying a city? No big deal. Completely draining New York of resources? No big deal. Allowing riots? No big deal. But let's hop coasts over onto the West Coast. No longer the best coast. Because it's pretty much a hellhole, a godforsaken hellscape. Now the homeless are literally moving into the streets. I went under an underpass last night and they have set up orange cones around their new land. (laughs) I guess they've created an autonomous zone. But you can't hit it with your car. I wonder if this is part of Eric's safe roads initiative. Now Eric just sticks signs in the middle of streets and neighborhoods so that people drive slower. Is it in the poor neighborhoods? Nope. Is it in Los Feliz? Yep. I wonder if it's in Beverly Hills. And there are now interesting claims about Gavin Newsom having actually lost the governor's race in 2018 and having the same voter irregularities that we're seeing now actually turn the tide for him. Did the media stop reporting it? Yep. Did they call the race way too early? Yep. Can't wait to see how that one turns out. Gavin is utterly incompetent. And apparently his office is now freaking out about the recall campaign against him. And he has said that what the people doing the recall are really all about is that they just aren't okay with following the rules. Well, no, Gavin, that's not exactly it. We're trying to get rid of incompetence and corruption. But in terms of not following the rules, hey, man, that's you. We literally have you in photographs at the French Laundry not following the rules. Who else doesn't follow the rules? San Francisco Mayor London Breed. Who else doesn't follow the rules? Nancy Pelosi when she goes to get her hair styled. Because God knows. Got to keep that corpse looking lively. And I just, I just paused right there. I would never admit to something like that. But I paused to read more confirmation of Nevada GOP members appearing to name their electors in protest as well. Wonderful. So what else happened this weekend? Well, yesterday, hackers, apparently hackers or Chinese dissidents, it's hard to know which, and people are saying both, but that there is a list of 2 million people almost. I think it was like 1.95 million people who are Chinese Communist Party members who have infiltrated governments and businesses around the world like Rolls-Royce and Boeing and Pfizer and AstraZeneca and governments, governments. And what have they been doing? You know, commie stuff, just trying to tear down the free world because that is literally the Chinese Communist Party's goal 
They want to own us. They want to enslave us. And you don't, you think that word might be overboard? I don't think it is. What does it mean when you can't say what you want to say or wear what you want to wear or have the right to vote and have your vote count? You can't have the job that you want. You have to rely on them giving you money. And is it the amount of money that you used to earn? No, it's a pittance. And so what do you do? Can you still afford your home? Can you still afford your apartment? Can you still afford to eat? Well, you got to make some choices. Do you have to move away because you can't afford any of the stuff that you used to work for? That is the plan. That is what's happening. So what would you call it? The fact that people can still get rich in China or in the U.S. is not actually proof that they're not doing that. Because you get rich on their terms. Or you get crushed. And we can see that happening. Like it's out there. It's happening. Now, Lynn Wood was tweeting out yesterday about boxes of Georgia mail ballots hidden in a warehouse in Fulton County. Some of them shipped in from Arizona. They're all perfectly flat. They're all perfectly stacked. He has pictures, thousands and thousands and thousands of ballots. It almost seems like there was a plan. And speaking of Arizona, perfect segue. The Arizona GOP was granted discovery in their investigation of election irregularities. What does discovery mean? That means that they can get some shit, which is wonderful. And check this out. Big things happening in Michigan. A guy named Ivan Penchikov. Penchikov. He could be Russian. Oh, no. Reported in the Epic Times. Dominion Voting Systems Forensic Report. We conclude that the Dominion Voting System is intentionally and purposefully designed with inherent errors to create systemic fraud and influence election results. The allowable election error rate established by the Federal Election Commission guidelines is of 1 in 250,000 ballots, 0.0008%. That's roughly the chances of a 20-year-old dying from the coronavirus. We observed an error rate of 68.05%. This demonstrated a significant and fatal error in security and in election integrity. A staggering number of votes required adjudication. That's when somebody looks at the ballot and determines who was voted for, okay? This was a 2020 issue not seen in the previous election cycles, still stored on the server. The intentional errors led to bulk adjudication of ballots with no oversight, no transparency or audit trail. Now, if you have watched any of the Dominion uh, 
demonstrations or if you have listened to the hearings where Colonel Phil Waldron speaks, you will know that they can run the ballots through a number of times, any number of times that they want. And then when they are all scanned, the operator of the machine has the option to say all of the votes that were just scanned have this result. Okay, so they could put in ballots that say anything and then come out and say all of those were for Joe Biden. Right. So that's what the adjudication process in the system is able to do. Back to the report. Significantly, the computer system shows vote adjudication logs for prior years, but all adjudication log entries for the 2020 election cycle are missing. The adjudication process is the simplest way to manually manipulate votes. The lack of records prevents any form of audit accountability and their conspicuous absence is extremely suspicious since the files exist for previous years using the same software. Removal of these files violates state law and prevents a meaningful audit, even if the secretary wanted to conduct an audit. We must conclude that the 2020 election cycle records have been manually removed. Other server logs before November 4th, 2020 are present. Therefore, there is no reasonable explanation for the security logs to be missing. These system changes affect how ballots are read and tabulated, and our examination demonstrated a significant change in voter results using the two different programs. The election event designer log shows that Dominion ImageCast precinct cards were programmed with new ballot programming on 10-23-2020 and then again after the election on 11-5-2020. Does that sound normal to anyone? Right now, the Michigan Attorney General, a corrupt Democrat, of course, is threatening criminal prosecution to keep this information from becoming an official part of the public conversation. The governor now has uh, SWAT teams and police surrounding the state house so the legislators can't go do their jobs. This is unbridled tyranny. It is absurd. But that's not all. Wait, 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 it gets worse. In Wisconsin, a judge determined that the votes, that the ballots, I should say, marked as the voter being indefinitely confined are invalid. There was a massive spike in claims of indefinite confinement. A jump this year from prior years of about 170,000 ballots. Now, The indefinite confinement is for people who genuinely cannot leave their home. That allows them to not submit their ballot with photo identification. So this spike basically created a way that the clerks, the election clerks could claim people as indefinitely confined. Thus circumventing the photo ID And allowing those ballots to be cast for Joe Biden. Even though there may be no voter behind them. And even if there is a voter behind them, 
The judge ruled that COVID is not an excuse for indefinite confinement. And that regardless, the clerks did not have the power to do what they did. So those votes sound like they're going to get wiped out. Does that change the Wisconsin quote unquote result? Yes, it does. Now, yesterday, Donald Trump tweeted this out. And by the way, guys, if you are on Telegram following me, which I know not all of you are because I can see numbers. Trump has a feed on Telegram as well, which is great because it's all in one place and then you don't have to use Twitter. But Trump did a series of three tweets and it's all kind of the same thing. He says swing states that have found massive voter fraud, which is all of them, cannot legally certify these votes as complete and correct without committing a severely punishable crime. Everyone knows that dead people, below age people, illegal immigrants, fake signatures, prisoners, and many others voted illegally. Also, machine glitches, another word for fraud, ballot harvesting, non-resident voters, fake ballots, stuffing the, the ballot box, votes for pay, roughed up Republican poll watchers, and sometimes even more votes than people voting took place in Detroit, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, and elsewhere. In all swing state cases, there are far more votes than are necessary to win the state and the election itself. Therefore, capital letters, votes cannot be certified. This election is under protest. That is not a small deal, the president saying that. He is telling people that if they go forward with this, they are facing severe criminal punishment. And in fact, they are because they are committing federal crimes. And this is the part people don't seem to understand. They think that they can just get away with all this stuff, but they can't. Like this is one of those fail safes. And, you know, I've, I've talked about this before, but there are so many fail safes remaining right now. Everybody thinks that the Supreme Court dismissing the case means it's over. No, it doesn't. There are more than adequate fail-safes. And by the end of this episode, I think you will understand. Okay? So first, Rasmussen tweeted this today. To repeat, did FISA warrants, and they, you know, quote tweeted Donald Trump's tweet. To repeat, did FISA warrants issued to surveil for foreign election interference and uncover and record 2020 election fraud activities by foreign entities and Americans? Could American elected officials themselves be snared? And this is their final pre-certification warning threat. My answer to that is yes. Now, FISA warrants are exactly what the Obama administration with Hillary Clinton, with Joe Biden, with the FBI, with the CIA, all the corrupt deep state people. That's what they used to spy on Donald Trump's campaign in 2016. Now, do you think that Trump and his people knew what happened and could have gotten FISA warrants on all these people? I think they could have. But there's more. 
I've brought this up a bunch of times. Donald Trump signed an executive order in September of 2018 about election interference. If you haven't read it yet, you need to. This is perhaps the most important thing to know about right now. Okay? September 12th, 2018. Executive order on imposing certain sanctions in the event of foreign interference in a United States election. By the authority vested in me as president by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America, including blah, 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 other legal shit. I, Donald J. Trump, president of the United States of America, find that the ability of persons located in whole or in substantial part outside the United States to interfere in or undermine public confidence in the United States elections, including through unauthorized accessing of election and campaign infrastructure or the covert distribution of propaganda and disinformation constitutes an unusual and extraordinary threat to the national security and foreign policy of the United States. Although there has been no evidence of a foreign power altering the outcome or vote tabulation in any United States election, foreign powers have historically sought to exploit America's free and open political system. In recent years, the proliferation of digital devices and Internet-based communications has created significant vulnerabilities and magnified the scope and intensity of the threat of foreign interference. As illustrated in the 2017 Intelligence Community Assessment, I hereby declare a national emergency to deal with this threat. Accordingly, I hereby order Section 1A, not later than 45 days after the conclusion of a United States election, the Director of National Intelligence, in consultation with the heads of any other appropriate executive departments and agencies shall conduct an assessment of any information indicating that a foreign government or any person acting as an agent or on behalf of a foreign government has acted with the intent or purpose of interfering in that election. The assessment shall identify to the maximum extent ascertainable the nature of any foreign interference and any methods employed to execute it. The persons involved and the foreign government or governments that authorized, directed, sponsored, or supported it. The Director of National Intelligence shall deliver this assessment and appropriate supporting information to the President, the Secretary of State, the Secretary of the Treasury, the Secretary of Defense, the Attorney General, and the Secretary of Homeland Security. Within 45 days of receiving the assessment and information described in Section 1A of this order, the Attorney General and the Secretary of Homeland Security, in consultation with the heads of any other appropriate agencies and, as appropriate, state and local officials shall, shall deliver to the President, the Secretary of State, the Secretary of the Treasury, and the Secretary of Defense, a report evaluating with respect to the United States election that this is the subject of the assessment described in Section 1A. The extent to which any foreign interference that targeted election infrastructure materially affected the security or integrity of that infrastructure, the tabulation of votes, or the timely transmission of election results, and two, if any foreign interference involved activities targeting the infrastructure of or pertaining to a political organization, campaign, or candidate, the extent to which such activities materially affected the security or integrity of that infrastructure, including by unauthorized access to, disclosure, or threatened disclosure of, or alteration or falsification of information or data. All of this 
is huge. And by the way, the order keeps going. And I'll read you what the recourse is in a minute. You guys should read this whole thing. But 45 days from the election, that's, depending on how you count it, Friday or Saturday, the 18th or 19th. Now, again, recall, I've discussed this before, and you can go, obviously, on the Internet and find it. But many of the new COVID restrictions imposed by California, New York, Michigan, elsewhere, were set to expire on December 20th. Instagram's new terms of service go into effect on December 20th. It's a lot of stuff happening this weekend. And I don't see any rationale behind that December 20th date for the COVID restrictions or for the Instagram updates. It is my guess, I should say. Obviously not confirmed. I'm saying that flat out that these things have something to do with one another. And so here's section two, all property and interests in property that are in the United States that hereafter come within the United States or that are, or hereafter come within the possession or control of any United States person of the following persons are blocked and may not be transferred, paid, exported, withdrawn, or otherwise dealt in. Any foreign person determined by the Secretary of the Treasury in consultation with the Secretary of State, the Attorney General, and the Secretary of Homeland Security. One, these are the, the people he's describing. People who are deemed to have been directly or indirectly engaged in, sponsored, concealed, or otherwise been complicit in foreign interference in a United States election to have materially assisted, sponsored, or provided financial material or technological support for or goods or services to or in support of any activity described in subsection A1 of this section or any person whose property and interests in property are blocked pursuant to this order or to be owned or controlled by or to have acted or purported to act for or on behalf of directly or indirectly any person whose property or interests in property are blocked pursuant to this order. Now, that is some heavy, heavy shit. All right. So people who are deemed to have acted in coordination or at the behest of or even indirectly involved with a foreign power to interfere with our election are basically completely fucked and all their assets, everything about them can be seized. Okay. Now, if you consider all the people this would describe that we already know about, would it describe Joe Biden? Yes. Kamala Harris? Yes. Gavin Newsom? Yes. Andrew Cuomo? Probably. All these California politicians involved with the Chinese? Yes. Yesterday, there was a graphic of 20 governors meeting with representatives of the Chinese Communist Party. So all of them are fucked. Dominion's fucked. Facebook and Twitter and Google? Gotta think so. The media companies, yeah, all of the old guard, probably. This is why I've been talking about this for this long. Now, am I sure I'm right? Pretty sure. 100% sure? Nothing's 100%. 
But there is a hell of a lot going on right now that is not the type of thing that the media talks about. And this stuff is all way more important than whatever Joe Biden is going to say at his silly little speech tonight that no one's going to watch. This matters a lot. Now, the last major thing that happened this weekend is not something that I know enough about yet, so I don't really want to talk about it. But there was a hack into the U.S. Treasury and uh, the servers of the company that got hacked are owned by SolarWinds. That's the owner of the technology. That is the best I can understand. If I misstated something, please shame me publicly or something. But you know who else uses SolarWinds? Dominion. So I have more learning to do about that. Before I offer any further opinions, I am not a tech guy. I understand it at a maybe basic or above basic level, but that's it. And hopefully I'll find a tech guy that can come on and explain all this stuff. But hacking into the U.S. Treasury is no joke. General Flynn and others believe that all of the systems in the U.S. government may have been compromised. So this could be some heavy shit. Could it be cyber warfare? Could be. But there's no reason to get extreme about anything yet. And this is how I operate. I think I've talked about this before. These are all possibilities. And it is important when you see these world events happen to try to consider the different possibilities. What else could this mean? All right. It matters a lot. And it's important to be open to the possibilities and to understand the possibilities. So if they come to pass, you are mentally prepared to deal with it, which no one who pays attention to the central narrative is prepared to believe. And that's why they're all going to have mental breakdowns. Just like the maskies who got mad at me for running without a mask this weekend. Did I tell them to go fuck themselves? Sure did. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack. 
I'm your moderator.substack.com where you can donate or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!